Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. Welcome, everybody, to Dope Nostalgia. This is Naomi, your host, and Happy New Year 2024. This show has steadily been on a growth pattern since we started four years ago, and I'm only getting more and more excited about what the future has to bring. So we're going to go into this year with a lot of positivity and a big birthday blast. It's going to be January 28th on YouTube live, just like we did last year for the third anniversary. We're going to go on with some of the show's friends and have a good time answering your questions, engaging in some fun and games and so much more. It's going to be once again, live on YouTube. You can get involved in the chat January 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific. If you live in Edmondson, we're going to have a live Dope Nostalgia party a big 90s karaoke bash, dress in your best 90s outfits and sing your favorite 90s songs. It's going to be happening that evening at 9 p.m. Mountain Time right here in Edmonton, Alberta at Kelly's Pub. So hope to see you at either the online event or in person. Now get ready for today's special guest. She's a Canadian singer-songwriter and a music instructor. You won't believe all the amazing things she's doing helping children learn about playing instruments. And she had a few big hits in the 90s on the radio. So welcome to the show, Melanie Doan. But before we get there, here's a little bit of background information about her straight from her bio at MelanieDoan.com. Wikipedia Moment. An accomplished singer, songwriter, musician, and performer, Juno award-winning Melanie Doan has been prominent in the Canadian music landscape for over 15 years. She has released seven albums, written many chart-topping singles, such as Adam's Rib, Goliath, Still Desire You, and more, and had her music featured on hit TV shows such as Brothers and Sisters, Being Erica, Flashpoint, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and traveled numerous times across Canada and the U.S. on various tours, both as a solo artist and opening for Jan Arden, Great Big C, and Sarah McLaughlin. In 2012, Melanie was cast as the songwoman in the Tony Award-winning play War Horse, performing eight shows a week for a year at the Princess of Wales Theatre. Following War Horse, Melanie embarked on CPR's Holiday Train Tour, performing 80 shows in three weeks across Canada in support of local food banks. This was Melanie's fourth time performing on the tour. Thirteen years ago, Melanie launched Don't You School, her music education program that has served over 5,000 students in Toronto elementary schools since its inception. U School is based off of Melanie's father's famous ukulele in the classroom program. Her father, Charles Doan, is an Order of Canada recipient for his contributions to music education. In 2022, Melanie's new show, Ukulele U, launched on CBC Kids. Melanie co-created the show with legendary music producer Bob Ezrin. In addition to hosting the show, Melanie is also an executive producer, writer, and composer on the show. It's my pleasure to introduce to you guys today, welcome my special guest, Melanie Doan. Hello. Hi. Melanie, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Naomi. 
Hi, Naomi. Yes, I know. Nice to meet you. <laughs> well, I'm very excited to do this interview with you and talk about uh, especially what you're doing now, because mm -hmm. I know the show's about the 90s, but what you're doing now is so exciting. <laughs> oh, thank you. So welcome to Dope Nostalgia. I want to know, going back to the theater, where you started your path in music and through your family and whatnot. Well, I did do a lot of theater, but before that, um, I was really on a path to being a music teacher. Um, I grew up in a musical family and my dad was um, a music teacher in our city of Halifax and he was the supervisor of music for the whole city, all the kids in schools doing music and uh, he had a really incredible program. So I grew up just thinking that's really normal. We all play music and everyone in the city is in orchestra and we all go to choir practices and everyone's in the concert at the spring festival and, mm -hmm. um, and it's free for everyone. This is, this is how life is. Um, of course I found out later, it's not exactly like that everywhere and even there is anymore. So, um, it was a really lucky way to grow up and, um, I was planning to go on and I, I went to study music and I was going to be a music teacher and um, I did like to perform and do this and that all along the way but I auditioned for a show it, during my second year of university and I got into the the show at our local theater which was our one professional theater in Halifax at the time and still is um, and I got in the show so I took a, a little break from school and I went to my professors and said I'm just going to take a year off um, but I ended up kind of going on a whole new path of mm. which started with theater and then um, eventually kind of led to music and theater together and then more just music and then I was writing and doing my own thing for for quite a while um, and it was a really amazing journey then that's kind of now come all the way back to the teaching so it's been interesting been quite a life absolutely so, I, so yeah far. <laughs> it seems very exciting and when you um put out the album harvest train as your first album um were you at that time trying to get signed to a label i yeah i put that out i made it independently with the idea that um uh, if I could make an ep that's really all i could afford to do so i made i think it's got seven songs or maybe six I can't remember now um that's really the only I was like using whatever money I could scrounge together and um that was the idea maybe I can get the you know get to the next step was really all I could do was thinking you know what's the next step what's my next step well get some gigs get get some recordings anyway it did end up being um how I got signed by making that record those recordings and and making a little EP so it was good it worked it worked that doesn't always work of course but it did work and i did get signed as a result and then that was another kind of a journey uh through the next number of years making a record for a, a label and then uh dealing with everything that they needed to have happen and all the things i wanted to have happen and what that's all about was was interesting too yeah um and it's exciting too, like that you were able to put out the three albums there in that one decade. Uh, what what were your favorite tracks and moments from doing Shakespearean Fish? Well, well, it was 
really a lot of my heart and soul poured into that and and i consider that sort of my first album in a way because i uh, was going to make a full album and i had a little more access to musicians and um, I was going to work with a producer and it was just a lot of a bigger deal and there was a label had signed me so I, I felt a little bit of pressure I guess to to get it right and I really labored over it and um, a lot of lessons learned I'm very proud of it and I I love the songs and everything but I also know I was kind of having a hard time with being understood like what kind of an artist i was um mm. i was developing but the people at the label didn't really get me and i was definitely struggling at that time with like oh they i don't even know if they like my music and here i am like i've been signed and and i don't have support and that was very um very tough really um, it was a tough journey to get that made and to to make sure you know it represented everything I wanted to represent. Anyway, it was it was a ultimately a good experience, which led to kind of the next thing, which ended up being Adam's rib. Mm -hmm. And I I had learned so much from going through everything I went through previously that Adam's rib ended up being just this not that it was easy but it just kind of came out in a very different way with a different process a different producer i got away i, I didn't have anyone overlooking and like what are you doing and oh we don't like what you're doing and all this kind of pressure that i had felt prior mm -hmm. and um, it just came out in a very pure very lot lot of edgier amazing influences that were also me so it was great to get to explore that and um and develop you know just develop um and and get the chance to do another one and and it was a, and it turned out to be a good one so i was happy <laughs> very good one for you and like do you feel like that freedom really helped your creativity process or do you feel like the things that you'd gone through with the record company to that point helped influence what you were doing on adam's rib yeah because i felt i kind of felt like well, they don't like anything I do anyway. I may as well just like, no one cares or it wasn't that, but in my, in a dramatic moment, oh, they hate everything and, and no one cares about what I'm doing. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna listen inward. You know, I had to, I had to mm -hmm. really uh, get strong in myself, which, which is a hard thing to do for all artists. It's a, it's a struggle no matter what, it's a hard road. And there's lots of times where you're doubting yourself. So um it built me up in a way it felt like built i was being tear, torn down but i wasn't really i was in the end it was a build-up and i did get away from toronto to work on it i met rick nair who was my producer and collaborator and that was a big deal and just the clicking of all these things and the fact that i had gone through so much already made our experience an amazing time that just kind of it came out like like magical and mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I listened to those songs and that whole record and the experience I got to have with him and to be in L.A. doing it and have the distance from all the people that were kind of usually like, oh, can we hear a track? You know, they didn't, <laughs> were kind of like, oh, we don't know what she's going to do. They were sort of like whatever. And that was great because I could just do my thing. And it was really, really a good opportunity for me. That's wonderful. And being able to work with people that give you that comfort level to be creative with, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And that was Rick, who was just such a pro, had been worked with so many people and had just been such an amazing songwriter. But the two of us together just happened to have a, a really good partnership. And that's not normal, too. I'd written with a lot of people at that point. You know, I wasn't a kid. I had been around for a while and I wasn't a kid. I'd been I'd done my trips to Nashville and written and I'd had people coming in, in and out of Toronto and collaborated with a lot of people. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and you keep going. But he and I had a special songwriting team going on and it was so, so much fun just to work with someone like that and, and to have that experience. And for both of us, I mean, he'd worked with a lot of people, but he knows we're a team and I know we're a team. And we, we knew it because the music just exploded out of us and it was really, really cool. wonderful my favorite song from that album was waiting for the tide to turn so what was yours if you could pick I know they're your babies you can't pick your favorite baby but maybe even a deep cut well that one is important that waiting for the tide was the first one we wrote together and so that one's very special because it was it was about that waiting and and surrendering and 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 sometimes you can't make something happen. And I had been working so hard to make something happen. I, I, I've i got to work harder. Okay, work harder, try harder, do this to make more calls, get on and do this, get another gig, do this, get on that tour, whatever. And then it was sort of a moment of, that's not how to get this happening. I get, I have to stop. I have to surrender. Like, what's that? That's hard. It's hard to surrender too, right? It's hard to, yeah. to work hard. It's hard to surrender is hard work. And and um, that song was the uh, the turning point moment where we wrote together for the first time. I had been writing lyrically that that was the lyric. Like I'm waiting for this to happen, and then it it happened by us writing that song, which is really neat. So that one's special for me too. Um, I don't know. I was I was so happy to get to play do some rocking violin. That um, that was a Rick again. I'd always you know I was trying to incorporate my violin. Uh, we don't get it. We don't know what you're trying to go for here. What are you trying to do with that? 
well, it's, it's part of me. I want to play it. What do you mean? What are we doing? I want to play it. How mm. can, how are we going to work that in? You know, and, and Rick, of course, was just like, well, you're, that's great. You want to do a kick-ass rocking instrumental? Why wouldn't we do that? You're good at that. Let's go. Mm. So again, he was just a person who sees the opportunity of like, well, that's just going to be great. And when you play a live show and you can pull that out and you guys can rock the house down, come on, that's going to be the best. And it was, it's always been so much fun to be able to do that at a concert. I think that's important too, in the, in the album process is thinking about how can we do this live or what could, what is this going to add to the live show to make it more exciting? Yeah, exactly. It's got to be part of your thinking. And, and it's just part of, it was part of me. So I was just glad again, he was just like, whatever you've got, let's go. Like, that's exactly what you've got to use, which I always was trying to do. But anyway, it, it you need a team, you need your support and you need a team. And I, I got lucky. I got lucky on that one. And then going into live shows, you got to do some amazing tours, including Lilith Fair, which was a huge deal. What were yeah. some what were some of your favorite performances that you've done? Well, that was a that was a big deal, and it wasn't like I did full Lilith Fair tours the whole tour or anything. But I was I was invited to come um, for two different years in a row to to be on whichever stage, not the main stage, but either sometimes the very little little. The first year I was on the teeny tiniest stage, and the next year we were on the bigger stage, mm. and course um sarah was amazing and and knew us a little bit just because we're all from halifax and so we had some pretty a few you know amazing moments just to to be able to thank her and to see her in action was amazing because she uh was so generous to everyone and she had a she she you know she's a she's a visionary she 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 mm -hmm. could see you know she was doing a big thing just by making the statement and making it such a success and to be part of it at all was a real honor and to watch her in action was amazing. And uh, so that was great, but I toured with Jan Arden and we did, I don't know, 30 or 40 dates across Canada and Jan remains a friend and, and a, a mentor to me and um, mm. just a great person as we, you know, we all, we all own Jan. She's, she's our, you know, she's, she belongs to all of us cause she's so good to us all, you know, and, um, and that's her. And I, I toured with some other people here and there and, and you know, various one offs and opening spots and shared the label with and, and uh, you know, met a lot of people on a my label and when I was in New York and LA at different times. So I've had some pretty neat experiences. Exactly. That's so exciting. <laughs> and uh, you 1999 with the Juno Award winner for Best New Artist. Yeah, so. that was it was very fun and it was uh it was nice to get some recognition for the work and uh yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed it and it's nice to you know it means a lot it's not an easy thing to get a juno and people will say well that was a while ago and i'm like yeah it might might have been a while ago but it's still was you know it's a huge accomplishment that i'm so proud of so yeah it doesn't it doesn't fade with time it just makes me very proud oh i'm glad to hear that yeah. Now, I heard something about you working with Gary Sinise, the actor. Is this true? I did work with Gary. Um, we just are, we're friends um, and we don't see each other very often, but he did, um, he came on board um, after Adam's Rib. I made an album that um, was 
was just mainly going to be an independent record, but Gary ended up coming on board as a producer and we did it independently, but we called it Actor Boy Records. So he was part of that team and we put it out. And um, after that, as years went on, um, he invited me to come play in his band, which is the um, Lieutenant Dan band. Gary oh, Sinitz. perfect. Yeah, he plays, <laughs> he plays a lot. He, he's a really good bass player. He yeah. plays um, a lot. If you haven't seen his band, uh, people can go look it up. But he, he has a, a charitable organization that supports um, soldier uh, army uh, service folk. I'm getting mm. the wrong uh, terminology. Any any service people who have come back from from uh, their tours of duty and particularly those who have been injured and uh, their families and all the things that are um, that are on their plate when they return and they need not only medical but mental and, and physical rehabilitation so his organization is very active um and that's what his band is all about those shows are, are all fundraisers and um, so he plays all over the u.s he plays everywhere like all over um europe as well and and the world really but um i was invited to come and play a bit i didn't i didn't do a, a ton 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 i guess i played maybe for a year or so i i toured around a little bit with his band and um was really fun i had two little kids at the time so it wasn't really a touring time for me mm-hmm. um wasn't really prepared to be on the road too much at that point but um i love working with him and he always had a great huge band and we would play um I guess it's uh, USO shows. Is that the right? Is that the right thing? I think that's right. Yeah, I've definitely heard of those. Very interesting and very um, American. One one time, I when my the first gig I did with him, I said, "Oh, Gary, you know, it's not easy for I'm you know I've got to come across the border and this will be tricky. You know, I'm gonna you're gonna have to get all the right papers for me. They're not gonna just let me in to just play a gig. It's it's a thing. Like he." He was like, oh, really? It's a thing. I was like, yeah, it's pretty like the borders can be tricky. It's not easy for a musician to just walk on through. I'm going to I'm going to need some, you know, we need some paperwork or something. And he said, yeah, OK, I think I got this. And then I heard back from him within a day and he said, yeah, I've got a letter coming for you. Um, it's from the Pentagon and it's going to have their letterhead on it. So just like carry that with you. <laughs> and I said, OK, <laughs> That's interesting. And sure enough, this letter comes, it's all just stamps and weird. And I think it's like delivered to the door and it's from the Pentagon and it's got some kind of crazy clearance for me to come across the border and do this show. And they took it from me, unfortunately, or I would have saved Aww. it because it was really cool. Anyway, that was sort of him making sure I got through the border, which it, it absolutely worked a charm, but I thought that was pretty funny. Not everyone can just you know call the Pentagon and get you a letter to come through. No kidding. Funny. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the border crossing was like, wow, too. It was diff- it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the usual, that's for sure. They they took notice. Yeah. yeah. They took notice. <laughs> and is it true that your brother was a member of Harem Scarum? Yeah, he played with Harem Scarum, not an original member. He joined um and still plays with those guys sometimes. Yeah. Um on all their recordings and they do a lot of they're very active. They're always doing things for their fans. But yeah, he's worked with work with that band for sure. And many others. He played with um played with Alana Miles for many years. He played with uh Honeymoon Suite, to name a few. Oh wow. Yeah, what an was- incredible family of music. I love this. Been very lucky. We've we've all enjoyed 
a life in music and still are and it's 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 definitely you know it's it's you never know what's coming it's not a predictable kind of a life it's not for everyone but it definitely suits me after these messages we'll be right back Dope Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Who creates the content we love? I was a very emotional child. But I was really shy growing up. What makes them passionate? I want to draw Saturday morning cartoons. I could actually write something. Part of me comes out in a design that I do. And why do they persist? You know, I was in a bad mental spot. It was a big sacrifice. The hard-earned lesson is you have to do your own thing. And this has been like a rebirth for me. Hear their stories on your favorite podcast player. Creators After Dark. Hollywood hair. Hollywood hair, a shimmery look that Barbie wears. Only Hollywood hair does this. Oh, how to turn pink. Magic hair. Make a style with a whole new twist. Hollywood hair, Hollywood hair, give a star cool. from here to there. Hollywood hair, <laughs> Hollywood hair, Barbie. Hollywood hair Barbie doll has a special clear spray that makes her hair turn pink. It turns blonde again when it dries. To more recent topics, of course, I know that last year you released the holiday single called Light It Up. I did. Yes. So now that we're getting around to that time again, I'd love to tell people about that song and how that came together. Yeah, well, people can go add it to their holiday playlist if they like it. And uh, it's a nice song. I'm happy with it. I uh, My brother was really pushing, not pushing, but he was like, hey, 
come on, like put out, put out something. You're not putting anything out. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm so busy. I can't, I just can't. And we had, we had just finished a TV show that we've put on for kids right now. That was a lot of recording, a lot of songwriting, which I'm very proud of, but it mm -hmm. wasn't my own stuff. Anyway, he was just like, get, we, you gotta, anyway, we jumped in the studio and I had been kind of working on something and we, we, we finished writing it which is the easy part and then he 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 was like okay well i'll i'll just get uh let's get this mastered and everything and it was like time was ticking i'm like well no one it's almost christmas day like what do you what do you think we're doing and he was like well we're gonna get it out in time for christmas day so that was sort of the goal so it wasn't like we had this big plan and everyone was gonna hear this new song but we did get it out and i'll put it I'll, I'll nudge it again on my Instagram and stuff this soon. Just let people know that it's out there, but it's mm -hmm. a good song. I'm happy with it. And, um, you know, it, it, it's not that it's got a dark side. It's very upbeat and everything, but it, it does acknowledge that it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to celebrate because there's a lot going on and that's okay. But, you know, you're allowed to also celebrate and, and, you know what, we may as well, like when you have the minute to be with the people you love, like go, go for it as much as you can do it. Be, you know, light it up is the name and just, just uh, make the most of all the moments you get. And that's the idea. An important message. Like we got to slow life down and enjoy. Yeah, we need our, we need our moments. And, and, and it doesn't mean we don't remember their suffering in the world. We, we know, we all know, you know, we're all, we're all feeling it, of course. Mm -hmm. but, but it's okay to also gather your loved ones and, and hug them and celebrate together, whatever that looks like for you or your family or your, your family of choice, right? I think what you're doing is very important, especially the work you're doing with children. And especially in a world where I feel like the opportunity to, for children to embrace music is being it's harder and harder to get now, especially in our education systems. So tell me all about Don Youth School. Yeah. And the highlights and exciting moments for you so far in doing oh, the work. A huge journey. It's been, I started, um, it's almost 15 years now. So if you can believe, I mean, I, it's crept up on me, but um, I started this program uh, in the schools because I wanted it for my own kids and they were little at the time. So that's what, that, that's what got me going. But of course it's all modeled on my dad's work. So I'm continuing his work, which means so much to me. And also it's really good work. He he knew what he was doing. He's, he's really good. He's a really good educator. He's been, you know, celebrated in Canada for all his contributions to schools across the country. And so we're using his, um, his pedagogy and his, his work of all those years that I grew up getting to do, but um, we're doing it here in Toronto. And I started with just, you know, a little handful of kids and now we're, we're working with a thousand students every week. So it's wow. a lot. Of, yeah. It's a lot of kids. We've done some really cool things with Jan performed with us. And last year we had a, a song with Molly Johnson that I'm really proud of. And the bare naked ladies have played with us. Um, Grace Vanderwall came to our youth day one time and we've, we've had some really, Sarah McLaughlin came to school one time. Mm -hmm. Um, People are are very supportive of what we're doing because, like you, they they recognize, yeah, the school boards are struggling. It's it's um, all the teachers are struggling, and and the school boards and and there's no funding. There's there's no cohesive plan for the arts. Um, I think people are just hanging on 
for dear life, let alone finding space to think about our kids should be getting arts as well. You know, that's yeah. sort of, they don't even have the bandwidth to, to have that be part of the conversation. And, and so it's not. And so there are no programs. Um, there are some music teachers fighting the good fight within the system, but it's really hard for them to get support. And and there are not a lot of them. There are some schools are so lucky to have them. So if you have a, a music teacher at your kid's school, that's um, it's a miracle, and you support them as best you can, everybody. But there's a lot of schools that have nobody, and um, so we're filling that void as best we can. And uh, we do it through the use of the ukulele. And Yay. That was uh, innovation and uh, we're doing all the things that you do on all of the instruments but on the ukulele you can actually do more than you can do on lots of others so uh, mm. the melody and you can do harmony melody and harmony together So if I bring in my other hand, I can have melody, harmony, and rhythm all together. Can you hear three things? Yep. So that was my dad discovering he always liked the ukulele. He plays all the instruments. He always liked the ukulele. He did use it in schools when he was a young person, but then he realized, oh my gosh, this is an opportunity. Look at how much we can do with this instrument that is so affordable that we can put it in the hands of all the kids. Mm -hmm. As we can afford to put it in their hands, they're going to be able to sing and play and do melody, harmony, rhythm, and that's educate that's music education that's putting it in their hands they will have the power now in halifax it meant you could also go into choir and then you started strings and band and all the things nowadays those programs are not even happening um so even if all they're getting is this look how much they're getting right it's a lot and we are following that example of this is an opportunity for us to put this in the hands of kids we can afford these instruments and, and that means our kids all own their instruments, which is yeah. a big deal. When you own it, you know, it's really special to own your instrument. And um, it's just it's just a way to um, kind of hit that accessibility um, and equity, both 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 um, very important points that we we don't want to be excluding kids. There's so many, ki you know, kids are, are not going to be affording private music lessons mm -hmm. most kids are not going to get that opportunity um and so we are able to go to school locations work with groups of kids with this really good program that works where they're going to learn all the all the real fundamentals of music uh, that they want with any instrument you could learn these things but it's in your brain that you're learning it right mm -hmm. you can then put that into any other instrument you want to go on and play keep your uke don't get rid of your uke but you yeah. can play all the instruments i mean i started on the uke i play violin i play bass i play a lot of things because my brain was trained for music at a young age and that's what we're able to do so by putting putting it in more hands and by by having this financial barrier uh, low it lowered and by going to school locations we don't have parents trying to figure out how do i get home from work and 
take you know my my son downtown for music lessons that I can't afford we're in the school we're we're reducing all of those barriers so that no one is excluded financial mm. you know there's no financial barrier for anyone and uh, we can reach more kids. So it's really, really working. And um, we're just, you know, always raising money. So if someone wants to help us can do, do more of this work, you can come to the website, donemusicschool.ca. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. Donemusicschool.ca. I'll make and sure I share the link. Yes. I'll anyway, um, but the best way people can help us out is just by sharing our we, we have a nice spotify presence and people can just play our songs our song with jan add it to your playlist it's a good song or our bare naked ladies tune or or our molly johnson song ooh child it's so beautiful put it in your playlist and that actually helps us because that's our kids you know showing their stuff and that playlist goes on and, and lets other people hear them and that's their legacy that's their musical legacy it's a very important story to get out there so that people know about it. Now, since it's an amazingly versatile instrument and this plan that you've obviously taken a lot of work to put together, the one of the biggest questions I had was if it was the school itself that kids went to or if you go to the kids. <clears throat> and since you do that, do you mm -hmm. think that it will expand across the country, that there could be more groups of Don't Use School in different yeah. cities? Yeah, and we have a pilot project in Nova Scotia. So already we're in the city of Halifax and we're in the city of Sydney. And mm -hmm. um, at the moment, I mean, the sky's the limit. I just need, I need some more teachers. So I'm in teacher training mode. I need some more funding to train more teachers mm -hmm. who are interested and ready to learn. So that's not hard. I just need to fund it. And then um, just get to, to all those kids, <laughs> just add add to those schools so we go into the school but we're not part of the school you know what i mean yeah. we are we we do permitting within school buildings which is great because then we're in neighborhoods so we are just identifying neighborhoods going to the neighborhood so if you're already walking to school you're coming to class after school and then you're walking home or your parents are picking you up or we're at lunch and you don't have any bear you're just already at school come to your mm -hmm. class so those are the ways that we that we do it and then as kids go all the way to grade 12 we have different hubs around that kids will come to so this is absolutely we can do it across the country and we're working on that it's just uh, now it's just funding is there a way that people can help with funding yeah you can donate anytime come and donate uh canada helps is a place to donate that's really easy but if you come to donemusicschool.ca that's all there too and you know we did we were called U school for a long time and we've changed our name just fyi in case you're looking some people know about that and it was you for ukulele U school yeah. but i'll tell you that anytime we did a big concert and oh we're playing with jan arden at massey hall or something and people would try to read out our name and they couldn't they'd be like a school a school a school <laughs> U.S. It's a U.S. school. It couldn't read it. It was so funny, but for whatever reason. So we recently changed everything to Doan Music School to keep it very simple. Mm. Also, just to um, stress the point that this is about music. Yes, we use the ukulele, but we also teach bass and drums and we do a lot of things in workshops with kids. And it's about music and it's about putting, you know, music into the brains of young people who are ready for it. And then we use this mm -hmm. instrument, but it's really about the music. So Don Music School, new name. That's wonderful. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's exciting work. It is. It is, and it's, but it's for real. Like it's not, um, it's not easy. My teachers work really hard. I work really hard. It's not uh, glamorous in any way. Um, 
you know, people are surprised that they'll say, oh, I'll come and watch you at school. I'm like, well, if you come and watch, you're going to help me like lift chairs for the first half hour. And we bring them up from this room over here and we've got to go up three flights. And then we set up the room. And then afterwards, I need to vacuum this area because I don't want the next, you know, and then we bring our broom and then I have to load my van and I have to carry the base out. And they're like, yeah, it's a lot of work. I'm like, yeah, it is not glam. This is not showbiz. This is like we're at a school. Mm -hmm. There's no showbiz going on, you know, and that that is I'm fine with that because I I grew up in schools and I watched my dad work so hard to build a program and and Mm -hmm. I was the. I was the beneficiary. I, I I get to do what I do because someone did that for me. A mm. lot of people, my dad, my mom, all the teachers that I got to have, they worked so hard to create all of the opportunities that we had in Halifax. And so I'm really motivated to do that for the kids in my world, in my neighborhood, in my city, and my own kids. So it's been a it's been a privilege. And yeah, some days I'm just lifting chairs and it's like, well. This is sort of not so musical, but if I get the chairs and set it up, it's going to be great for the kids. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing today. So you kind of have to, you know, suck up those moments of just the hard work part and then make it make it possible to play your concert or to get on the bus and go play with Jan Art. And it's a lot of um, logistics and rigmarole and then the music. So about that in the end it's that end result you know, the music yeah well it's really similar to you know musicians in canada will say oh well i traveled we had a gig in you know Kamloops, and we we flew for seven hours and then we got in a van and then we did this and then we did this and we got on the stage for half an hour and then we went home <laughs> and you're like mm-hmm. yeah but you worked so hard for that half an hour of music which was not only for your audience but was for you and, you know, we'll, we'll go through a lot. Musicians are kind of crazy that way in the best way. We're, we're pretty pure. We want it. We want to make music. And yep. a story. That's right. And whatever you have to do to do it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very excited to finally watch uh, the first episode on CBC Kids of Ukulele You. Oh, so people want a little bit of the taste of what you're doing with the kids I think it's good to direct them to watch the show yeah it is it's not exactly what I do in school because um ukulele U is a show on CBC kids every morning at 10 20 if you want to watch it or you can go to gem and check it out and it's mm-hmm. for little kids it's for it's like four four to eight pushing mm-hmm. it at the eight but four to eight um and even younger kids like it, some some older kids like it, but that's the zone. And um, we're really promoting singing. It's music, again, as music is in your brain and we're singing, I'm playing my uke the whole time and we're singing live and we wrote a lot of beautiful music for the show. Um, but then we, we sing live in the room. So it's very, very real, real, real. And then mm-hmm. kids do some little segments and then they perform the song that we sang earlier. So every episode has us sing song really live in the room just us very very you know not produced and then we do it very produced so it's really poppy and the same song but the kids can sing along to this song that they've learned earlier Mm -hmm. and uh, that was the whole concept of it being very real all about getting hopefully at home if i'm doing it right the kids at home are, are joining in and learning that they can join in they can be part of this and the kids i have on the show um my castmates are so 
wonderful and it was so fun to work with all of them and they're all growing up and doing amazing things and you know i just love having them in my life but uh come and check out the show if you have little ones try it out and um yeah i'm very i'm very proud of it again it's not i'm not showing anyone how to play the ukulele that is not something I would want to do over TV because that's not, you can't do it that way. It's not fair to kids to say, let's, you know, get your instruments. And I didn't want anyone like trying mm -hmm. to sell stuff to kids either. That's not cool. But our voices are free. This is all free. We can all sing. And that mm -hmm. is the point of the show. And then, you know, from singing, then as you get a little older, you got this in your hands. And then when yeah. you have that in your hands, you can pick up a violin and you can pick up a guitar and you can play the piano and you can sing in a choir and you can be part of an orchestra or all the things that you want to do. I think it's going to help the little ones to get excited about music and get excited about the day when they can pick up the ukulele and they're ready yeah. to go. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be inspiring that way. But I hopefully, I hope they are singing with me and noticing that they are already participating, right? They're yes. already part of it. And that's, I, I don't want them to be passively, you know, you sometimes will be passive and you're tired or whatever, but I'm hoping that they're getting, you know, they're hearing good stuff in their ears. They're hearing beautiful lyrics that are uplifting, but also just really every range, every song is in a range for the kids. If they're singing along, they're going to, Oh, they're going to be right in their range. I'm not singing in my range. You'll hear it. You'll you'll see me singing live. It's like <laughs> I'm singing in my teacher voice, and that's okay because I have to sing in their range. So yeah. they'll join in, and it's all about them. It's all about them and getting them to join in with us. And um, you know, it's important. It's important. And I hope you're right. I hope that they're they're joining in, and they and then they will pick up an instrument as they get older there's so much fun to be had it's just fun that you can have till the day you die it's not something that you know oh my knees aren't going to take it anymore or whatever yeah. you know, so many things that might not last your lifetime this is one of the things you can do your whole life and that's pretty special i'm so very inspired by this conversation today and i hope our listeners get to get involved and explore this uh, music world that you've created for the children and thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you wanted to hear about it. And it really means a lot to me to get the word out. And um, yeah, people can just see what the kids are up to. Our Spotify, our iTunes, like the, the songs are there. Apple, I guess it is Apple Music. Um, you'll you'll really, I think, enjoy this, the, the collaborations we've come up with with Jan and with uh, Molly Johnson. And uh, check them out if you have yeah. time. And that I'm excited helps. to hear them. Thank you. Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email, dopenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, dope underscore nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.